0: This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Robots harvesting strawberries. What kind of crazy story is this? and why would i be talking about it good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you at wherever you may be listening it's an exciting day for me i try to remember you know that 90% of the podcast listens come like 6 months after the production of the podcast that blows my mind it blows my mind that people are going back and listening to things uh, it definitely reminds me of the responsibility I have to, um, what shall I say, explain things clearly and make sure I'm getting my point across in a responsible way. The other thing I learned this weekend, by the way, talking to my son, I, I, I'll tell you what happened. Friday morning, I woke up, I get a text from my son. He says, hey, you're going to be free later, I'd like to talk to you. He reached out to me, which I don't know, he does every couple weeks or so, and my son wanted to talk to me. If you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. It's just... Um, made my day uh incredibly um happy. I don't know, I was excited about that. Felt like a kid on Christmas, you know? These are the things that as we get older as parents we appreciate, right? It's just the whole the whole thing struck me. I'm thinking he's calling me because he you know maybe he just feels obligated, but I don't think so. I think he enjoyed the conversation. I know I did. We had a great talk, including some of the things I'm going to talk about here. Picking strawberries with robots. I know, I got your mind thinking on that one, didn't I? I'm thinking, where is he going with this? Picking strawberries with robots. That's where I'm going. It's a real story. I want to talk about the technology behind it. I want to give you an AI update. Before I get into the story and some of the details that I want to talk about, um, I want to give you a little bit of background on, on my knowledge in this area. All right? Um, I happen to be, uh, some of this stuff I have to shroud a little bit. It's just uh, information that I don't make public for a variety of different reasons, whether it be the projects that I'm involved in, the companies I'm involved in, or whatever it might be. Um, You know how things are today with blending politics with business and and other endeavors, and I try to respect those boundaries, Uh, not because I'm concerned so much, I just try to protect other people's interests, you know, see what I'm saying? Um, anyway, I, I happen to be a, a certified database developer. I have custom database experience going back 30 years. Um, it's not my, I'm not a tech guy. And, and this is part of what I talked to my son about. Um, I know a lot about technology, but uh, particularly software and, and databases, uh, data structuring and things like that, it's just uh, something that I have a strong background in. But not because my focus was technology ever. Um Because I needed to do jobs, my job, construction mainly, land development, um, building new communities. You you might know the story. For many years, I built uh, active adult communities, uh, over 55 communities, you might hear them called. Uh, You don't see as many being built today. But uh, back in the early 90s, mid-90s, early 2000s, there was a big run-up on it. And uh, I just happened to fall into that business and and had a pretty good career run of it. Well, you know, when you're running, um, you know, uh, $30, $40, 50000000 million project, well, you've you got to have, uh, some good data tools to keep track of your costs and make sure you're making money at the end of the day. Uh, back in those days, uh, a, a project like that, we would have a, a very detailed Excel notebook that would be probably 20 different spreadsheets in there, uh, you know, and a lot of work to keep that updated and, and monitoring all the costs. These days, it's all done with databases. Uh, I'm sure there's some small operations still working off of a, an Excel setup uh, but it's done with databases, and I don't want to get too off track with the with the boring details. But you can probably appreciate it if you're building a, a community of new homes, you have got to build everything from clearing the trees, building the roads, installing the toilets, the windows, to every little doorknob, right? And all that has to be tracked and paid for. Order it, make sure you uh, you know it was ordered on time and and correctly, and communicated correctly to the supplier that it was delivered. On time, that it was received, that everything was there, nothing was broken. And I'm going to tell you, on a construction site, there's always something missing. There's always something broken. You're always tracking that stuff. And so you need systems to do that. Uh, And 30 years ago, I cut my teeth uh, working in purchasing for my father's home building company. We used a platform called FileMaker Pro, which I'm still a strong believer in. Probably the best database available, if you ask me. I happened to be taking a door company to court that uh, I hired to do some work here. Uh, They didn't follow through on what they promised, broke the law in the meantime, and now they're going to feel the wrath of that. I'm handling that pro se, something I also encourage you to be able to do, especially in today's day and age. It's good to know your way around a courtroom. We'll see how I fare. I'll brag about it after the hearing, not before. Um, But interestingly enough, the door company came in when they set up the order. They were using a product called FileMaker Pro, this custom database in there. The only reason I even took note of it was because of my experience with that. Um, I know uh, AutoCAD. I haven't used it in many years now, but I actually was an AutoCAD instructor for a while. I've used uh, GIS mapping, um, and I can uh, do some very basic level uh, programming, if you will, in there. You wouldn't call it programming, but setup kind of thing. Uh, AutoCAD, I'm sure if I had to get back into it, I could probably pick up, like, the old release and, and go right back at it if I just gave myself a few minutes to... Uh, you know, refresh myself. Uh, I'm sure I wouldn't be able to use it at the same speed and things like that. But I could probably jump back into that if I had to. CAD, GIS, custom databases. Um, I've ran Google Ads uh, for a storage facility we owned. I've ran a, a, a Facebook ad campaign. I generated about a half a million dollars in uh, retail sales for a business that we had as a tenant. Uh, I've done some some uh, website uh, development, which today is all drag and drop anyway. You have AI creating websites. Um, and then, of course, I use uh, AI. I've been mentioning it to you just about every day. And the combination of these tools. And, th- and let me give you one big point I want to throw at you from today. This technology, as I see it right now, is kind of being broken down into apps. And maybe someday they'll combine them. And Here's what I'm talking about. Uh, actually, a great one is the Google Chrome Extensions, which is very powerful tools there if you're not familiar with it. If you're working in an office, you have a business, if you're in school, if you're a young person, I highly recommend that you be aware of what the Chrome Extensions have to offer in the Chrome App Store. I think all of them are free. Most of them are. There are probably some that you have to pay for, but I, I haven't paid for any. And, um, you know, things like the Dictation Tool. I'm going to talk more about some of this detail uh, but the Google Chrome extensions are something that really, like I said, if you're, if you're if you're working on a computer, if you rely on a computer to do anything, um, you know, uh, work or otherwise related, you should probably be aware of these tools. And I'm not uh, pushing you into Google Chrome or this. I don't even have an opinion. I know I'm going to hear from people, oh, I don't use Chrome, use this or that or whatever. Um, i, I do use different browsers, and I do like the, the Google products, even though I understand the, the data sensitivity issues there. Uh, but anyway, the tools there, but my point about that is, That is breaking out of the apps is how I see the direction of things going. I don't think you're going to have this, like, AI oracle, you know, that you keep in your pocket and can do everything from bake a loaf of bread to, you know, build a nuclear bomb for you. I don't think it's going to go like that. And I think it's also how they're going to um, make money from it and also control it a little bit. So what do I mean by that? So I think you're going to, like, right now, they already have AI video tools. And you go into that tool, and it'll do certain video functions well, this AI tool will do this and that. And um, you know, and pretty soon, I bet you there's going to be, uh, just like Zapier, if you're familiar with Zapier, Zapier is a tool that can automate moving data between platforms. It's become a huge thing these days. I would imagine AI is going to come up with something similar. They're going to come up with a Zapier for AI. So you have an AI tool to work the AI tools, if that's making any sense, maybe a little bit complicated. But I don't think it's the way people people see it. Or should I say, envisioning it based on the on the media hysteria, hysteria. So let me tell you where this story came from about the strawberries. Uh, I was on the my buddy Stan's radio show on Friday. He couldn't be in the studio Wednesday. Sorry, I said Friday. And um, you know, I'm sure you've heard me talk about this too. It's it's, just, it's a great opportunity for me. Uh, WWDB Philadelphia is the the radio station that I grew up listening to as a kid. I know, I was nerdy, ten years old. Most kids are playing with GI Joe. You know, messing around with their toy soldiers and I'm listening to talk radio. I kid you not. I was just or- orating the the art of, of of delivering a message is always something that, that fascinated me. And so for me now at 52 years old to be in that studio that I used to dream about it when I was a kid. It's just, um, it's incredible. Uh, I don't want to get too tied up on that whole story. But anyways, down there and uh, Stan's uh, right hand man, if you will, is a guy named Andy Teitelman. A, a really superstar attorney who's done some great work down in Delaware County, getting the election mess straightened out. Was it Delaware County or Montgomery County? I think it was Delaware. I think both it happened, I think. But I think Andy was responsible in Delaware County for getting a court order to require them to clean up the voter rolls. This is huge. I'm not aware that he got paid a penny to do any of that, by the way. I'm not really sure of those details. I just know that, um, you know, I, I generally don't, don't speak real favorably of lawyers, but uh, Andy's definitely one of the good guys and a great america. Well, anyway, he he um he sent me this link after the show. It was from a um a blog called billlawrenceonline.com and I have the link here in the show notes if you want to check it out. And there's this article, "Robots Can Harvest Ripe Strawberries Now." And um as you know, particularly with uh producers that I respect, I work very hard to not plagiarize the information. So, I'm not going to sit here and read uh, this article from Bill Lawrence Online to you. Go check it out. Uh, The link is right here, Uh, BillLawrenceOnline.com. I'm sure it won't be for everybody, but as far as a credible uh, news site, if you will, uh, it seems to be pretty cool. I I I just dug into it a little bit. But anyway, the reason I say all that is very simply, uh, this was shared with me. I found it to be great work. It looks to be a a blog that's also producing great work. And rather than sit here and rip them off and then me take credit for it, I, I don't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? You've heard me complain about this in reverse where, um, you know, Greg Gutfeld, you know, sits there and regurgitates the same bit that I just did a week before on the podcast about, you know, the WWF old school wrestling and politics. And, I don't, you know, maybe it really was sheerly coincidence, really. I mean, I'm not accusing Mr. Gutfeld of anything. But it's happened more than once, and and I know it happens. I'm not accusing him of anything. It's the sleazy little producers that they have slithering around on the Internet, ripping people's stuff off, and then feeding it back to their bosses like it was their own idea. And everybody's doing it. I'm not doing it. I don't do it. Everything that you hear here is my own original, and if it's not, I always credit the source back. And in cases like this, I go even further, that I say to you, I'm not going to share this article with you. Go look at it yourself. And I'm asking you, please do it. Give them the click. I found enough value out of it to share it here. I don't mean to be overly passionate about it, but we got to work together a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I just I think the world would be a better place if instead of trying to rip each other off and, and everybody screwing each other's wives, where does it end? Right? I know. So where did you come up with that? I don't know. Look at the divorce rate. I, you know, I look at like some of these situations. Like, I, I don't know how people do it. I don't mean to get off on this tangent. What's her name? Uh, Jennifer Lopez. Every time I see Jennifer Lopez, all I can think about is a Rod. I'm like, there's there's no if, if I ever thought that J- Jennifer Lopez was attractive, and I'm not saying she's not. I just can't find her attractive because she's been with so many men. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just like, I, 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 it's not for me. I mean, I, there's a lot you could say about this. And listen, I'm not Mother Teresa over here. I'm on my third marriage. You know I've said this before. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not preaching to anybody. I'm just saying, when you look at what's going on in our society, we're ripping each other off, having, having sex with each other's wives, and wondering why we're having these problems. Stop doing it. I'm not participating in it. I didn't explain that. Some of you go, what's wrong with this guy? I'm not ripping off Bill Lawrence's stuff. Go give him a click. What's the point of the story in the meantime? Uh, The point of the story is that they have robots now that are harvesting strawberries. And he puts a a, a big spin on that in the article as it relates to immigration. I, I really want you to go check it out. It's interesting. But I want to talk about it from a different angle. The fact, that, and, and there's all kinds of technology they're uh, playing with. Uh, somebody sent me, I think it was robots uh, that were um, using lasers, AI, optics, and lasers to eliminate weeds in, in, in around crops, and uh, you know, no chemicals, no genetically modified anything. You know, no genetically modified mosquitoes. None of that. The mechanical methods. You've heard me talk about this related to the environment. I am an environmentalist, just not the activist kind, the active kind. And as far as removing weeds and insects, one of the most uh, um, effective ways is mechanical means. Everybody wants to spray, and then go, just go pull them out. <laughs> I kid you not. And if you get the right tools, it's not so hard to pull them out. You see what I'm saying? If you get on the right maintenance cycle... Some I mean, of you are living in townhouses and apartments. You're like, why does this guy keep talking about weeds? If you saw my property, you'd understand why. There's always a weed somewhere. We're getting these uh, thistle weeds growing through on the flower beds drives me nuts. I just put all this new mulch down. Anyway, staying on point. When you think about robots picking strawberries, what do you think about? Probably robots picking strawberries, right? Maybe a robot with wheels and you know, maybe like one of those... Um, robotic things like you see going around in the in the supermarkets now what are they doing anyway i, I have no idea those robots around those is kind of creepy to me like their they, their mannerisms are off or something like that it's creepy to me being around these moving machines and i feel like they're going to turn on me at some point would it be it would be a little dystopian for me to be standing out in a cornfield with a bunch of robots i'd feel a little strange dear i'm fine you know robots something like that doesn't seem right to me but it's pretty cool when you think about it. It's not really that complicated in many ways. It was just a matter of finding uh, optics and software that could interpret what the optics were reading and do it all fast enough uh, to, and accurately enough, obviously, to turn it into something. And the fact of the matter is that it's been done. Now, you say, okay, great. Picking strawberries just got easier. Now, this is where the, the disruptive part of this. And let me just give you the quick summary here. I should have done this in the beginning. 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in. We're on the dawn of a new age of tools. People are freaking out about it. Listen, people literally people were freaking out when the cotton gin came around. I kid you not. If you read back into the history, oh, this is they're going to destroy labor. The cotton gin is going to overtake what's true. People were afraid of it. You know what? You know what? One thing that people are really afraid of? Change. And you know what people really hate? When nothing changes, it's unbelievable. People are funny like that. But the bottom line is we're on this, this dawn of a new age. It, and it's not just AI. It's not just robotics. And that's a big point that I want to make today. It's the combination of these. Yes, it's causing disruption. It's going to. Uh, when you think about the idea of just picking strawberries, what gets disrupted? Labor. That's a Bill Lawrence online was talking about the ties with illegal immigration, right, how it'll affect that, Um, You know, tractors, the local store that fed the farm workers, and probably 9 million other things that I can't think of. Financing and different business needs. And and now the farmer who, you know, ran diesel tractors needs electric for these robots that he didn't previously have. So it's causing disruption for sure, but it's also creating incredible opportunities. And it's not just one area such as farming. It's every industry right now, I'm telling you. Technology that is quickly changing everything. Everything is changing right now. And the people, think about the people who got left behind in careers because they didn't keep up with basic computer skills, right? I was learning back on a Commodore VIC-20. I was working on a mainframe system when I was in eighth grade, you know, playing around with this stuff. Um, But the people that didn't keep up with that stuff, then look at where they are now. You see some of the older people, I I can't use these iPhones, I don't know how to use a computer, I don't know anything about it. This is going to be 10 times worse. There's a saying. It says that AI is not going to replace you. It's someone using AI that's going to replace you. I've stayed on top of all this uh, cutting edge with with very high expectations. Some exciting things happening, but there's also some disappointments. I want to try and talk you through all that with a little more detail here. I hope you listen and pay attention. I really do. I'm telling you the truth. The people that that don't understand the changes that are happening right now, are going to get left in the dust in a big, big way. Life-changing, I think, potentially. But not what people are probably envisioning. These are tools, as I said. The AI, you know, the machines are going to take over. They're going to be able to build themselves. Listen, this reminds me of the hysteria around self-driving cars that hasn't happened. We're not going to have any more truck drivers. Remember that? I remember thinking wow. You know, we're not, we're not self-driving cars. Look at all the the people driving right now. As a that's the biggest side job right now, driving. I would say to you with with somebody with a car right now, this is the number one go to for extra money. I can't believe how many times I've heard it. Yeah, I'm going to do a little DoorDash and pick up a little side money. Oh, or whatever the other services are that they can do on that. But that was all supposed to be gone by now, replaced by self-driving cars. Not only has it happening, but the tests are failing miserably. I think there's a a bad approach on all that going on, but it's not really the purpose of the podcast. My point is that self-driving cars have been a failure. There's an effort underway using AI to try and fix the problem, which is basically this. That the optics and the technology are not there to where they can uh, have depth perception. So things like potholes become a problem. It's not just limited to that, and I don't fully understand it, um, but the AI can be tricked. You know, facial recognition. How do you trick that? Uh, with masks, right? We now know this. It, it can be tricked. In terms of the AI and the takeover of the world, AI, it's, it's sentient. It's, it's developing feelings. No, it's not. It's a freaking machine. It's fooling you into thinking that it has feelings, but it doesn't have feelings. It may be mimicking data that you've pumped in and it, it makes the appearance of having feelings. It has no feelings. But it doesn't really matter. That whole conversation is a complete distraction. I don't care if it has feelings or not. I mean, we've got plenty of that. My feelings, going to, the machines are going to be getting upset. That's, that's great. But the point is this in terms of the technology and the, and, the, and the robot takeover, until they get to the point that robots have an imagination, there will be no world takeover. And I will say to you this, my friends as God is my witness. You will never replicate the human imagination. It is divine. The ability to create something from nothing is what makes us fully human. I really believe that. That ability to create and destroy, I suppose you could say, the other side of it. That's what makes us human in a way that no other creature has. There's, you know, oh, monkeys are starting fires and banging on doors. Yeah, they're not building buildings, they're not building cars. Nothing close, not even a bicycle, all right? Not even a close second. Human beings and a creative ability, you will never replicate that. The AI and, and, and the driving tool, phenomenal tools. Backup cameras. I remember the first try, I was like, this is stupid. I, I, don't, I, I, I'm, I taught to drive using the mirrors. I do not even turn and look over my shoulder. I don't drive like that. I use the mirrors. That's how I was taught. Take a lot of pride in that. So the backup camera, I'm, <laughs> I'm not using that. Ah uh, me me man me use mirrors <laughs> guess what I love that back okay <laughs> I really do GIS. i I fought the, the uh, GPS I'm confusing the two GP, very similar right GPS uh I, no I don't I, I don't use ma- we use maps and memory we know where we're going I know my east from my west dog on it not anymore. I can't even get to the doggone corner store without my, without my GPS. By the way, I do keep paper map backup. I recommend you do that. Anyway, um, I'm just saying these tools could be scary at first, uh, but then they could be really, really useful. They really can. Um, but at the same time, don't believe all the hype. It doesn't have to be scary. Yes, disruption. Should you be careful of that? Absolutely. If you, if you work in an industry where you're providing administrative support or copywriting or things like that, I um, definitely keep your running shoes on. Those jobs are going to get replaced. Not only are those jobs going to get replaced, but I think that you're going to have um, certain professions where there's just you know certain people that can do a hell of a lot more because of these tools and naturally create a reduction in future needs in that industry. Then you'll see the industries themselves go into these crazy patterns when they're in a decline. Uh, for example, cable news. I'm convinced a lot of craziness you see is desperation trying to get viewers where people just aren't interested in that garbage anymore. Anyway, yes, the AI and the technology is going to cause disruption. Let me give you a real practical one here right now. Um, and this isn't related to AI, but it's kind of a sign of the times. You've heard me talking about um, dump trailers. And I know, you know most people are probably like, why would I care about this? Well, if you're in any kind of business that involves any kind of logistics, um, I would be considering the impact of trailers on your operation. You know, you could if, if you're moving box truck inventory, for example. Um, you know, you realize you could double your your, uh, your cargo ability. Now you got to watch a little bit with the, the licensing. Um, I'm not sure when a, a class B when you add a trailer becomes a class A for CDL purposes. Um, but one of the big advantages and the reason you're seeing hot shot trucking I don't know if you've heard that term that you don't see as many car carriers out there. Why? Because they're going with like an F350, F450 with a a trailer that uh, under the, whatever, the 26,000 pound uh, weight limit or whatever it is. And uh, as long as it's registered, there's no CDL, there's no air brake, you don't need any of special licensing. And guess what? What does all that mean? Well, you don't have to deal with the cops. When we get into how corrupt that whole thing is, ask anybody with a CDL how they get the shakedown everywhere they go. This way you're getting around all of that, better for the environment, better efficiency. And I'm just giving you an indication of one small chain. You think, who cares if they're picking strawberries with robotics? You better pay attention, my friend. And if you're in business, particularly, uh, or you have a a manager role, or you want to be in any of those roles at some point, you better be paying attention to what's going on. And you better keep your thinking cap going. I'll tell you why. Because somebody is going to come in and blow your doors off. You hear me say this with the things I've been involved in. I compare it to the way I'm operating today, like Amazon, Amazon, compared to some of my, my competitors, are like operating like Sears. Everything, the custom databases, the software, the way it's tied together, uh, it's just unbelievable, the tools that we have. When you think about uh, the tools, just to give you a practical implication, if you're a company like Amazon, what's your biggest problem? Packages disappearing, right? The driver says he delivered it, but the customer says they didn't get it. Huge problem, right? And it automatically becomes Amazon's problem, whether they're right, wrong, or indifferent every time. And these numbers have ticked up. Right? people, you know what? I've had conversations about this. I, when I moved here three years ago, three and a half years ago now, uh, I put in a big order to Duluth Trading, which is where I get pretty much all my clothes. It's like $400 order, right? And don't you know, it was one of those accounts. I forgot to change the address, and it shipped to the old house. So I tried getting a hold of the realtor and seeing if they could get a hold of anybody, and nothing was happening. So about two weeks later, I called Duluth. I said, you know, I just really call them to see if maybe they got returned. And they're like, no. They're like, but we'll send you out a replacement. And I was like, nah, it was my mistake. I wasn't. And they, and they insisted. I was shocked, by the way, by that. The guy was like, we see here you're a good customer. I really appreciated that. He said things happen. He's like. These things have a way of of getting returned. Okay. Got my replacement package. I was very pleased, although I still felt bad. About a week later, I get a phone call to pick up the other box at the other house. The, The owners there did, in fact, hold on to it and were courteous enough to place a phone call. And I went and picked it up. And so now I have two boxes, right? And I could keep the second one for free. I think most people would have, quite frankly. Um... I just, for me personally, um, I, I got enough strikes against me. You know, when I'm standing at the gates and I got to defend myself, I'm really, I need to improve my track record a little bit from some of the shenanigans I pulled when I was younger. So, you know, at this point in my life, I'm pretty happy just to give the box back. Um, but I, I, I don't think, but anyway, back to the technology point a second. Obviously not an Amazon story. But if you're Amazon shipping, with the, what is your biggest problem getting those right pay- Well, the technology to have the photographic proof and send it to me, I mean, at that point, all disputes are gone. Am I right? Not all because whatever, there's still a this or a that. But it makes it pretty clear exactly what went on because it's documented. You don't even really think of that as a high-tech thing at this point, Right. But think about operating without it. If you're in business trying to compete with Amazon and your loss rate on, on packages is, say, 10%, I think that's a real number, which is brutal. If you think about any other business where 10% of your sales gets flushed down the trash, and not only that, you know, you figure if they ship out a package and you say you didn't get it, and it was 200 bucks. Not only are they out the $200 plus the shipping cost, they got to send it to you again. The whole ordeal costs them double. And they got a ticked off customer to boot. The technology has changed that. Do you see how huge that is? I'm giving you one little thing in one little business. You could go on and on and on. This technology is quickly changing everything. I was sitting out back one night having a beer. By a campfire, and a buddy of mine comes by and he makes prosthetics. He's an Army veteran. He's made prosthetics for many, many years. And I'm talking to him about some of this technology and AI. And he says to me, He says, um, You know, I have to do these reports whenever I want to make a prosthetic, and there's a name for it. And he says, it's a Real pain in the butt. He's like, I wonder if AI would be able to do that. I pulled up my phone. And it's got a couple beers in me on a Friday, Saturday night, whatever it is. Pull on my phone. I open my Notion notebook, which I run my life out of. I highly recommend it. Now it comes with AI. I've tested uh, three different types, and I find the Notion to be the best for me right now, although we're testing other things as well. So I pull up my mobile Notion app on my phone, and I dictate into my phone whatever he told me. Make this report, blah, 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 blah. Set, you know, go. And we watch as the AI AI crafts this report. Now, I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm not impressed. I said, look at this. Is that what you needed? He goes, holy crap, that's perfect. Listen to what I just told you. Me, with zero medical training, zero knowledge, was able to completely produce a perfect report using AI. I'm giving you one example. I don't think that's a good idea to have people completely untrained and completely rely on the AI, you know, ordering prosthetics for people. It's not what I'm suggesting. Um, And I don't want to get too deep into this, but like I said, the AI is a tool, just like CAD. And even the 3D modeling. It's a great tool, right? But the architect is creating the design, not the machine. You know, and, and uh, I, I was partners in, a, in an architectural firm I, early in my career that I sold, and we, we had, at one point were servicing three of the top ten uh, home builders in the country, all right? Um, we were getting, getting some things done. We had symbols for everything, and we didn't draw anything anymore. Everything was just inserted from previous work. Whole bathroom designs, whole kitchen designs. Yeah, you know, that kitchen design works great. Bring that in. Oh, we're going to make it, you know, it's six inches too short. All right, so that might, you know, you're going to figure out, you know, where you're going to take the six inches out of. You're going to take the 36-inch the sink base down to a 30-inch sink base. Well, not in a 3,000-square-foot home, you're not. Somebody goes to put a double-bowl sink in there, and they're not going to be happy when they realize it doesn't fit. Not everybody knows what I'm talking about, but you get an idea with that kind of logistics how much the software becomes important. But it's a tool. You still have to know what you're doing. <clears throat> Everything I just rattled off to you about that sink base and the placement in the kitchen, if you don't know what you're doing, the tool's not gonna help you with that. You know, you could put certain check mechanisms in place that, you know, when you insert the symbol to say, hey, dummy, you're putting a 30 inch sink base in, you, you know, you're gonna have trouble fitting a, a double, certain double bowl sinks in there. But you still need some training at some point, really. Um, but my point is, we weren't really creating, we were just inserting and moving around, but we were still the ones creating the design. And that's still true today, 30 years later. It hasn't changed with all the technology. Now they're, they're not even really using AutoCAD, they're using a Revit, I think it's called. It's creating these 3D models or everything, which is causing a different, different set of problems. But um, I'm just giving you some examples. And I'm telling you, like I said, it's very important. You do not want to get left behind on this stuff. And even understanding, I told you, uh, you know, one of the things that got me interested in this, I was listening to my favorite podcast, the only one I listened to, the No Agenda Show. And then it was like a year ago when they said that 90% of the news is AI generated. Back then, and I started looking, and as I started understanding AI, and I started looking at the patterns of the story, you know what I find? to believe that it is. It's all being AI generated. And you've got, people, you've got people in two categories. You've got half of us going, what is this crap? And the other half going, uh-huh, 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 the sheeple, right? It seems to be working pretty well. But anyway, if you don't understand how this stuff is working, you're going to get left behind. And it's, it's going to be highly, highly disruptive, but also create massive opportunities for the people that can get in front of it. You don't have to be afraid of these tools. You know, I said um, I've stayed on top of this uh, cutting edge with some high expectations. Um, and some of that's been very much delivered. Just about every podcast description that you see right now is AI generated. Um, very happy with the results we're getting on that. Uh, it's not always crafted for a message that I like, but it's crafted for a message that the internet likes. You see what I'm saying? Um, but let's just see that there's some disappointments. And as I said, I see that big disappointment being that, like the self-driving cars. What I'm looking for next for AI, here's my vision. I hope it happens. Let me let me give you where we're at right now. Uh, I'm involved in a project, and we ran into a problem last week, like a big problem, that now all of a sudden, you know, un, unexpectedly is going to involve three or four other entities um, and, and a lot of commotion. Uh, it's a bit disruptive. So now... Uh bottom line is, is a message on this has to be communicated out to other parties, and you know this is not like a a message to mom here. This has to be done professionally. I'm not capable of doing that. I'm really not. um I don't have a college degree uh English writing and grammar are not my thing at all, never have been and uh it shows the quality of my writing is absolutely t- Chris, you've written some books. I had a good editor. <laughs> <laughs> the ideas were mine. The grammar was hers. His, <laughs> you know, It wasn't mine. Anyway, I have to write this uh, this email last week on this project. Very, very important. Th- this issue that came up could has the potential of disrupting a, a much bigger project. Um, there's some safety concerns about it. Yada yada yada. Very serious matter. Requires a properly written email. Friday at about one o'clock. I got to prepare. I'm like oh, I got other things I want to be doing. I'm ready to head into the weekend. Well, I turn on my microphone, I say what I have to say, I paste it into my Notion notebook, I select the text, and I say, Ask AI, uh, please clean up the spelling and grammar and improve the writing. And I kick back and I watch as it does it. And I read it and I proofread it, and all in about nine minutes, done. What I'm hoping down the future is it'll even be more automated that you know you'll be able to say to your computer, hey, um, plug in your phone, right, to your computer, say to AI, hey, pull all the photos off my phone and um, you know, organize them uh biological tag list. And then you know, show me the list of tags that you're gonna use to organize these photos. I'll say, um, you know, photos of mom, photos of daughter, photos of outside. Uh yeah, you know what, make another category podcast photos and then tell the AI to file it all. And it'll be able to do it. All right, hey, pick me. A, all right, file those all the way. Then grab me three photos of mom, three of your favorite photos of mom. I want to. I want to send her a postcard or something, an email. And it'll give you three options. Yeah, I don't like that. Give me three more. Remember, like uh, Tony Stark and um, Iron Man, who he's like, he yeah, had the computer. I, I think we're going to be getting close to that. I really do. I'm hoping. Hey, hey I open my email. Uh, read that first one to me quickly. But they'll be able to read it back to you. Um, like, "All right, uh, tell him uh, I'll get back to him tomorrow, and he'll take care of it." Hey, but hey, listen, when I say get back, tell him I'll get back to him. That's not exactly. Write it in a way that's that's uh, professional, okay? And the AI will do that. Dear Mister Smith, Chris will no longer see you, <laughs> whatever the case might be. That's the direction that I see it going. Don't forget the data. The data is very important. If your business, I'll tell you, give me an example of this. Uh, I went up the street to a a local landscape supplier where I've been getting all my stuff this summer, my mulch, my river rock, the bushes I planted, great stuff, uh, great mom-and-pop business. They give me a little paper receipt, right? Pay, pay, pay. I'm like, "Mm, bad. Bad on many, many levels. Missed business opportunities, missed efficiencies. I can see the signs all over. And um, it's money out of his pocket. I'm thinking every one of these orders should be in a database that you're tracking your inventory, I'm looking at the money that I spent with these guys over the last two years, and I'm a little miffed actually that they haven't, you know, thrown me a little bonus here and there. Like, here, uh, you know, have, have a have a bush on us or something like that. Um, and even beyond that, I'm shocked. I, I asked, I called them in January. We switched uh, for our mowing services, and I wasn't really leaning towards them anyway. They're a little more high price, but I said, "Can you give me a price on the lawn?" They never even followed up. I'm thinking I'd be doing that the opposite. And I, who knows what's going on? Maybe they're not taking on any more business. What do I know? They're, you know, they're thinking, Chris, we're, we're too busy now. Maybe because you're not running things efficiently. I don't know. I would not run a business like that with paper receipts in the state. I'd have QR codes on the plants that you could go out there. That's another thing. I'm looking at these plants. I'm like, what is this thing? You know, what? What? tell me more about it. I've got to bend over, right, pulling this little tag off the ground that I can't read without my glasses on. This is not the way things work anymore. This is not what customers expect. And then I gotta, you know, then I'm looking it up on my phone. I don't want to do that. I want to, I want a QR code. Bing, and I want to go in there. I'm like, what are you looking for today? Flowering bushes. Oh, we have wide varieties. Do you want something that stays green? Right? Something interactive and fun and cool. Hey, by the way, uh, Chris, you, you just bought those two butterfly bushes. You know, uh, rhododendrons are a nice complement or whatever. Right? The upsell. I probably would have bought it. So. Uh, that business, if I had to guess, is going to go out of business because of the not staying on top of things. I really, I can see the signs of it now. It's a real shame. The location and what they have to offer. Um, I think if I was running it, the place would be popping. It'd be absolutely popping. But they have an email list I signed up for. I've received nothing. I'm thinking you should be using the AI. To craft an email newsletter that you can send out with little tips, and they should be plugged in like right now, I plant these morning glories I'm having a problem with bugs on I think it's beetles or something. They should be ahead of that stuff. you know, hey, this time of year, you know come in and get your uh your bug spray or whatever the, the the thing is that you need to be. This is how businesses need to be operating anyway. I'm yammering on picking strawberries with a robot that was the what ignited this whole conversation. Go check out the article. BillLawrenceOnline.com. Really great blog. I was really impressed. I'm going to go back and, and see what else we can get out of there. Uh, great article with a, a, a real great take on what's happening in the agricultural industry based on this technology. What I'm saying to you, I don't care if you're a doctor, a lawyer, a machinist, a mechanic, a farmer, a waitress, anything in between. All of this stuff is going to be changing. The people that get left behind are going to be left in the dust. Think Sears. I'll leave you with this. The last time I was in a Sears, the memories burned in my head. I grew up in an age where we would wake up on Saturday morning and run down to look at the Sears catalog. We used to look at the Sears catalog and dream. It was just like an experience to, to turn through that catalog and wish that we had those things. And the last time I walked through Sears... It felt dirty and and decayed, the shelves empty. Sears just went through the, the, died a painful death. Why? Because they didn't keep up and Amazon blew their doors off. And for the people that don't don't keep pace with all this, they're going to be like Sears. Dirty, miserable, and nobody's going to care. Everybody else is going to be in the fast lane doing exciting stuff. Not dealing with the same problems like lost packages. Those problems don't exist anymore. They've gone away thanks to the technology. Hey, thanks for listening. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. Sure hope to see you there. In the meantime, make it a great day.